right, everybody. Come on, aren't you glad to be at church today? Man, I'm glad you're here. Hey, welcome our guests to the platform today. We've got Brody and Michelle. Brody and Michelle and Daniel here with us. Come on, these guys help lead Celebrate Recovery every single Friday night with a host of others. Come on, if you're part of Celebrate Recovery, let's hear you this morning. Come on, you're in here. Yeah. Uh, lots of folks that make this happen week in and week out. Celebrate Recovery is an incredible ministry. It's a biblically-based 12-step discipleship program. Um, but really, it's the local church. That's really what it is. It's a, that's a long way to say we are the church. Um, it happens here every single Friday night. And what many of you don't uh, fully understand is it happens here every Sunday morning, too. Uh, it happens. Like We are the church. We exist for the world. And today we're going to talk a little bit about some of uh, some life change stories and we're going to talk a little bit about what Celebrate Recovery is and then we're going to talk about what that means for you even if you've never even stepped foot in Celebrate Recovery before. The Bible talks about uh, uh, God in, in Acts chapter 17. Paul is talking to a bunch of philosophers. Literally these guys were sitting around. Their job was to sit around and think. Um, I don't know about you but uh, y'all know talk about, you ever heard idle hands is the devil's playground? That's, uh, that's the epitome of, Roman, of Romans back in the day, right? They, they got to the point where there was nothing else to do except sit around and think and got themselves in all kinds of mess uh, over the years. And they were doing that exact thing and they had developed this shrine uh, that they had built because they worshipped all kinds of gods. Except they finally realized there was this one that they had no clue who he was. It was the shrine of the unknown God. It was this, this, this thing that they had developed. And Paul comes along and sees that, and he begins to help them to understand that this unknown God, this unseen God that they have, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be unknown, that they could know him intimately and personally. And he said this. He said, this is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he's the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs. For he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. He satisfies every need. And then he goes on. He says, from one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall and determined their boundaries. Why did he do that? Everybody talks about the sovereignty of God, right? This is a big, this, this, talking about this kind of idea can really kind of uh, blow your mind because this idea of the omnipresence of God. God is sovereign because he is everywhere, past, present, and future. Not he was in the past, he is in the now, and he can just see into the future. He is there. That's the mystery of God, right? He is past, present, and future. So he causes all of these things. And listen to why he says uh, he's allowed all of this stuff to happen. It says his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he's not far from any of us, for in him we live and move and have our breath. We exist because of him. And so we, we say this a lot, like we see that he allowed all of this stuff to happen from the beginning of time. God, God, God doesn't cause all things, but he causes all things to work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And I don't know about you, but there's been plenty of times in my life where I have felt like I was blindly feeling my way through life. I mean, anybody else, can anybody else testify to that? Like, like I'm just, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just taking steps and doing the best I can. The truth is, uh, whether you would admit it or not, that's been all of us at some point or another. 
We're just trying to figure this thing out together. Nobody's perfect. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We all need the grace of God. And that's the joy. That's, that's, the, that's the beautiful thing about Celebrate Recovery. Looking back over our lives and going, boy, man, if it wasn't for God, right? So, Daniel, why don't you start off? Tell us a little bit about y'all's story and what God's done in your life. Uh, me, uh, six years ago, I, I came here with Brother Brian Mission on a band uh, on a Sunday morning. Uh, they also took me to Celebrate Recovery. Uh, man, after decades and decades of me just tearing up everything in my life, uh, burn every bridge, uh, addictions, just lost everything hundreds and hundreds of times over until I had nothing. Uh, uh, my life is just so different now. Um, the biggest thing is I, I have peace and joy no matter what storm I'm in. Uh, and it's mostly because of, of my Celebrate Recovery family and my church family, uh, my community. Yeah. Uh, my life is just totally, totally different than it was six years ago. Wow. And, uh, none of me, all of God. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So my name's Michelle. I love Jesus, and I celebrate recovery from a 28-year, uh, say drug addiction, but chemical dependence. Chemical dependency, really. Yeah. Um, I had loving parents. I was saved at six years old. Needless to say, I had no idea how to work out my salvation with fear and trembling at six mm. years old. And I didn't until, you know, God didn't, I feel like, like Brandon said, that, um, you know, God didn't cause my addiction. That was, those were my choices. Those were my coping mechanisms. But boy, did he use the ugly, the ugly in my life to just, for his glory. I mean, um, 40, 28 years doing drugs for, um, you know, as, as a way to, Find, try and find my peace. Try and feel okay. Yeah. Um, and it never worked. Um, mm. Made my way out. Ended up five years ago um, being set free from that. And, and been following Christ ever since. Come on, that's awesome. Hey, my name is Brody. I celebrate recovery from chemical dependency. Um, you know, my childhood, um, while growing up, I thought it was kind of normal. But Nah, it wasn't normal at all. Uh, father, abusive father, married seven times. Mother married and divorced. Nobody in church. Uh, you know, just lots of, you know, kind of, I kind of ran amok a little bit, you know, as a teenager. Um, fortunately, I didn't really get into a lot of trouble. You know, my biggest thing growing up is I just swore I was just not going to be like my father. I mean, that's, mm. that was my biggest uh, aspiration uh, is just not to be like my father. And, I, I, you know, I really went through life and held it together pretty good for a long time. And I started this overnight shift and I started using uh, some substances to keep me up. And um, that's really kind of when it all went downhill for me. Uh, there was a lot of things in my childhood that kind of crept in and uh, surfaced. Um, some hurt, some childhood sexual trauma. Um, there was some, um, <clears throat> some things in my life, uh, a prior abortion from a previous relationship that, you know, just kind of haunted me a little bit. So nonetheless, um, I found myself, you know, like many others find themselves at the bottom, you know, uh, needing, you know, calling out to Jesus, wow. calling out to God and saying, hey, God, can I need you to fix this. <laughs> um, so nonetheless, um, that was more than 15 years ago um, that I've been following Christ at this point and been, been uh, free from addiction. So that's kind of where I am. Yeah. So tell a little bit, because we talk about Celebrate Recovery, uh, all three, well, for different reasons, all three of you were kind of drugged into Celebrate, Celebrate Recovery, right? Like, you didn't come of your own fruition, you were made to come, right? And, um, 
God. He was, uh, uh, he was court ordered to come. <laughs> and, and Brody, and Brody on his other, Brody didn't want to come either, right? He was Daniel ordered to come, right? Uh, but the truth is you found, you found what you needed in community. So talk about a little bit about how, like you didn't know it was there, but really it was Jesus all the time using Celebrate Recovery. So how has that impacted y'all's life? Yeah, so for me, just like um, Pastor Dawes said, um, you, know, you know, Daniel, when he decided that he wanted to start a Celebrate Recovery, I was more than a decade, you know, removed from chemical dependency. And mm. um, I really, like many others, think, oh, Celebrate Recovery, that's those people, you know, that stigma, oh, those, that's for the bad people, you know. Um, and I resisted for a long time. And... Uh, but he said, hey, I want you to be the assistant ministry leader. I want you to help me, you know, start this. People identify well with you. I've been in the church. I've been a member here at Cultivate for ooh, since 2013, so long time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I didn't realize that there were so many positive things that were going to come from it. I resisted it, but I, I started to learn that, hey, it's a herd, a habit, and a hang-up, and we all have those. We all have those things, and so I, you know, started to help. Um, go through these 12-step programs and, and lead these 12-step programs, really learn more about myself, learn how to uh, get past that pain of that abortion, get past that, um, those relationship uh, issues. It has helped me tremendously in my relationship with uh, my daughter, uh, which has you know, been challenging over the years, but it's, it's helped me be stronger and given me the tools necessary and to be able to speak about it and talk about it um, to help me grow and heal. Yeah, it, I, I said it last service. He, uh, it, it's a beautiful thing to sit in a 12-step with somebody for six to nine months, however long it lasts. And, and I got to witness Brody share these things about his, his daughter with 10 or 15 of us. And then a couple of weeks ago, he got to get up on this platform and, and teach others what he has learned through helping it. And just to see the growth in, you know. It, and it's nothing to do with chemical dependency. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, for me, well, I, you know, I did, um, I finished a year-long program at the Foundry to, you know, break free from drugs sure. and um, stayed there for another year on the property. And then when I left, you know, there's, there's a bubble, there's a God bubble <laughs> in yeah. rehab. And um, when I left and was out on my own, I, I found myself desperate mm. again, not, not out there doing drugs, but all the all the hurts that all the hurts that I did drugs to feel different were still you know they they were there sure. so I had to find I was desperate again and came to celebrate recovery a friend of mine invited me then I'd, I had resisted for about a year like yeah no I'm good I'm just finished rehab I don't need CR <laughs> so I thought I was above it but um so my when somebody mentions the 12 steps to me or asks me what they mean to me this verse comes to mind and um, it's in Matthew um, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Mm. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Y'all, these 12 steps, we have found the narrow gate. So, I didn't know how, yeah. but these, there are 12 steps to walk me through the narrow gate. So, it's join us, y'all. Come check it yeah. out. It's a, so Celebrate Recovery for you guys, it's impacted your life through, right? We talk about this a lot at, at church. We say, hey, little tweaks lead to high peaks, right? And it's, it's, you think it's a lot more. It, literally, the, the, the faith journey 
is waking up every day and taking one step at a time. Right? It's taking one step at a time. And it's taking one step at a time with the right people. You know what I'm saying? My mom told me this all the time, son. You are who you hang around. And we all, everybody in this room, rolled our eyes at some point in our life to that saying. You know? But it's true. It's true. We are. And that's why you get into an environment like this, and it changes your life. Because you're around like-minded people chasing the same goal together, finding freedom from this world. The Bible reminds us, it says, hey, y'all, we're strangers and pilgrims in this world. Y'all know everything in this world is designed to shackle you to it? And everything, everything that Jesus brings is designed to set us free from it. And so what does that look like for you? Because I know that you probably thought like they thought, and maybe we've all thought, well, yeah, but that's great. That's not for me. But who is CR for? What? Like, if you go, okay, well, it's not for me. Well, who is it for? What does it look like? Well, um, I've, I've heard some people here in the church. Um, my husband's a doctor. My husband's a lawyer. My husband's a police officer. It's not for me. We bring 10 guys in here every Friday night that are in desperate need of doctors, lawyers, and police officers. In <laughs> <their life. laughs> That's awesome. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, Uh, We graduated a 12-step class recently a couple weeks ago with six women. Only two of those women, the two women who led it, struggled with chemical dependency. The other four had never probably smoked a cigarette or, you know, done a drug before. Um, I went and spoke at a Celebrate Recovery last week, and and when we went in the prayer room with the leaders, all the leaders were way older than us. Kind of blew our mind. The Celebrate Recovery I come from, the two ministry leaders up there are codependents. They're no... Yeah, this is for everybody. Everybody. Matter of fact, we brought a graphic to show you because it's it's easy to think, well, that's not for me. But the truth is, I love this graphic because uh, they ran out of places to put stuff, so they just started writing stuff in the <laughs> like typing it in the uh, the sides. It's it's for everybody. Everybody say all oh, one two three. All. Oh. Oh, it's for everybody. Romans three twenty three says this. It says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you know this? There is a reality that there are so many people, especially in America, who come to church, accept Christ as their Savior, do their very best to live like this life that honors God, only to realize that they never have or never can seem to fully overcome their struggles. You're still stuck in bondage. I love Jesus, but I'm still addicted. I love the Lord, but I can't get away from the websites that I keep going to. I'm going to church, but I'm still struggling. Well, there's a reason for that. You know, the Bible talks about it. Brody, you mentioned it last experience in James chapter 5. There's a reality that says this. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Hey, brothers and sisters, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you can be healed. So salvation comes from Jesus. We recognize that, okay? Y'all listen to this. Salvation comes through Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross alone. Your eternity is settled uh, in eternity by the blood shed by Jesus. Salvation comes through him. But healing comes through community. It comes through others. And more people in this world will walk through this world and walk through your life, maybe loving Jesus, but never fully seeing freedom this side of heaven because you've never authentically walked in community. 
And that's what Celebrate Recovery is. Celebrate Recovery meets every single Friday night. And you know what I love about Celebrate Recovery is there literally are no masks. Like there aren't any. They'll slap your mask out of your hand at the front door right when you walk in. Right? Uh, as soon as you walk in, it's like, no, 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 no. We all, like everybody struggles with something. Like let's be honest. We all got something that we're dealing with. And can I tell you, I have seen more people set free from struggles in life through community like Celebrate Recovery and small groups like it than any other form. Sunday mornings are awesome. Listen, worship is incredible. Come on, wasn't worship incredible this morning? Come on, worship is incredible. We get to celebrate the grace and the love and the goodness of God. But I'm going to tell you, life change happens in community. It happens in circles, not in rows. So Celebrate Recovery, it's for everybody. My hope would be this. My hope would be that every partner, every person, any person that would walk through the doors of Cultivate Church would in some way, somehow, find themselves in a 12-step small group, uh, uh, coming to worship on Friday nights, get into a small group on Fridays, and ultimately, truly, authentically find freedom. Can I go ahead and turn you loose from, from from some anxiety and worry? You are no different than anybody else. You can look around here. There is nobody on a Sunday, a Friday, a Wednesday, or any other day of the week that you would ever see walk through the doors of Cultivate Church that's in try number one on this thing. Like all of us, all of us need the grace of God. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Celebrate recovery is for everybody. It's for all of us. And the truth is, if more of us would, would, uh, would get brave and walk through environments like this, more of us would be set free. Because I believe with all of my heart that, all, that there's lots of people that, that though you may have friends, though you may have acquaintances, here's a good question. Who in my life actually, truly knows the, the things that I'm actually struggling with? Like anybody. Does anybody actually know those things? Is there anybody in your life that could, if, they, if needed... Could authentically say, hey man, stop being a jerk to your wife. Hey man, why, why are you neglecting your kids? Hey, why are you treating your husband that way? Hey, I'm seeing a pattern in your life and you seem to be pulling away from community and pulling away from church. What's going on? Is there something happening? Is there anybody in your life that can actually do that for you? Because if there's not, I'm telling you, the Old Testament said it, sin is crouching at your door. Right? Like it's the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so I would tell you that celebrate recovery. It's for everybody. Small groups, we don't do small groups just to give you one more thing to put on the calendar. I know sometimes it can feel that way. And sometimes every listen, I've been there. I've been pastoring for a long time, and small group semesters roll around, and I look at my calendar, and I look at the I look at life, and I look at small groups, and I go, How in the world are we gonna fit that in? But I recognize, listen, small groups aren't just another thing to do, it's your lifeline to life change. Community, you are who you consistently find to hang around and be around. And small groups, getting into a God-honoring, small group, life-giving, who has 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 ability to call you out on your stuff in your life, makes all of the difference. So who's it for? It's for everybody. Tell me this. CR meets every Friday night without fail. Without fail, it meets. Why? Uh, for me, it, it's, I was taught that it's for the newcomer mm-hmm. um, that, that these doors have to be open. Um, the last three weeks, we, we've had to Uber somebody home. I never had no many had no idea how many homeless people there are in Alabaster. Yeah. Uh, they show up here. They see us out front talking on Friday nights. They show up. We, Brody gave one of them a ride home week four because the Uber guy wouldn't show up. But, yeah, I mean, just you never know. Um, and uh, 
heck, man, these guys I help with Brother Brian, I need them just as much as they need me. Sure. <laughs> like, you know. Also, um, you know, I've been serving for a long time in this church um, up until, you know, CR here is two years old. You know, in principle eight in Celebrate Recovery, it tells us to yield ourselves to God to bring the good news to others so that they can see not only by our words, but they can see by our actions right. as well. Oh, so it's good. not about me, right? It's not about me and what it's giving me, even though it gives me a lot. It's about reaching my hand down, smelling like smoke, constantly trying to help the next person achieve and get to where the point to where, to where the area that they see what God has done for me. They're like, hey, what God has done for them, I want, I want too. That's awesome. uh, so that's kind of where it lies for me is that many times people need to see hope and people need to see, um, you know, growth as well. Not just hope. I don't need to just get past my hurt, habit, or hang-up, but I want to have life in abundance. Come and on. you can have that by serving and giving to others and just kind of giving it away. Yeah, so it's, we talk about the value of serving. You guys, y'all serve your guts out every week. Um, at CR, you see them parking team, prayer team, um, they look for opportunities to serve other people in the church, out of the church. Why, why is that so important to you? <laughs> I, I mean, he just explained it yeah. uh, pretty much in a nutshell. Um, I don't know, man, but you, you see us, uh, maybe us CR people walking around here like we've known each other for years and stuff, and it's, we haven't. Uh, we've We've just been through a 12-step together for six or seven months, and we've served together. And, I mean, just, man, we lean on each other, and we help people. And it's just so, the, the peace that, that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. I mean. That's good. I mean, it's there. It's, it's the miracles, the, the wonders, we get to see them. Like, yeah. like he said, smelling like smoke. Every sermon they preach in here. Y'all know Rick Warren? Anybody ever read Purpose Driven? That's who's the, the boss of Celebrate Recovery. <laughs> he wrote it. <laughs> really? <laughs> so so we, we, we talk about serving others. You want to know what our discipleship model, we, I hear this, I, we planted our church in 2012, and uh, for a long time, for years, we were asked, so what do you do for discipleship? How do you disciple people? You just let people teach what they want to teach in their homes? Like, how do you, how do you, ju- how do you like, control that, you know? Uh, this is our discipleship model. You ready? Follow me as I follow Christ. And there's no better way to do this than to, than to serve with people. You know, the, the, more, the most I've ever grown in my faith has been around people who have been in their faith longer than me, who have been following Jesus longer than me, and me watch them go through difficult situations. Me watch them go through marriage trouble. Me watch them go through financial issues. Me watch them go through uh, relational struggles and issues. When life happens, when a sickness, when a bad doctor's report came and they didn't know it was coming. And I got to see them authentically live out their faith in those moments. Can I tell you, we're not going to get to heaven and God go, how much of the Bible did you learn to quote? It's not going to be there. That's not going to be there. It's not. But I'm telling you, when you get around people... And you follow me as I follow Christ. And you follow somebody else as they follow Christ. And somebody along the line is going to be following you as you follow Christ. Life change happens authentically together. Why do we serve? Why is it so important that we serve? It ain't because God needs us. We just read it in Acts 17. Hands can't serve his needs. He don't have any needs. We serve for us. The disciples said it in Acts chapter 
uh, uh, 16, I think. It's in Acts. They said, hey, remember what Jesus said. It's better to give than to receive. receive. Why? Well, if you've ever served in any capacity, in any authentic way, and and it's a get to and not a got to, you'll learn. That there is, way more, there is way more benefit for me when I'm reaching out and helping others around me than there is anything I could give them. It's better to give than to receive. Serving is, an, is a discipleship model. So we serve people because it makes us more like Christ. Did you know this? That you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving those around you. Don't you think it's important? The Bible reminds us uh, the night before Jesus died, you can read in all of the Gospels, that he gathered his disciples together. He shared a meal with them. And then, and then he shared with them like one final word. Like if there was anything he could have shared. You know, we, we bank a lot of things on the value of our Christian faith. Like he could, have, he could have told them prayer is the top highest priority. He could have. I'm going to teach you. This is what you need to do. He could have talked about miracles and healings and the miraculous and all of the things and where all of it. Instead of doing all of those things, he wrapped a towel around his waist and he got on his hands and knees and he washed his disciples' feet. Jesus explained. He said, do this like I'm doing. You go and do likewise. The most valuable thing you can do in your Christian faith. Prayer is important. I want you to learn to pray. We are a house of prayer. We want to pray. Uh, Worship, important, valuable. All of the things that go along with our Christian faith, valuable. But I'm telling you, of all the things Jesus could have said, we need to lean in and listen to his last words. Right? Wash somebody's feet. You know why I think that was the most important thing? Because it's the most practical thing. It's something that all of us can do no matter what walk of life we're from. It's something we can all be a part of no matter what's happening in our lives. We can all find somebody to serve. We can all find somebody to love. My encouragement is that we would together as a church live our lives serving other people because it makes the greatest difference in the gospel. So here's another question I got for you guys. One more. Ready? Accountability is important. It's important in serving, it's important in being on a team, it's important in being a part of a church, it's important to be a part of CR. Why is accountability so important? I got a Bible verse for that. It comes out of <laughs> Galatians 6. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Mm. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Come on, I love that. Come on, Paul, man. He's like, man, you ain't that valuable. You ain't that important. Huh? You think you're too good for that? Come on. And that's the truth is, the reality. That's the life that many of us live, right? What's the best way? Why is accountability so important? Let me tell you why. Because the very first part of that verse, if if anybody's struggling with sin, gently help them back up. Did you know that there is no way you'll gently help anybody back up who's struggling with sin in their life unless you know them? Unless you know them. Unless you're intimately in relationship with them. Come on, y'all, y'all watch the news like I do. Every one of us have been sitting there watching the news, and the news come on and talk about something somebody did. And if you're like me in the home that I grew in, like the, the environment I grew up in, you've all said, I need to just take them out back and... Come on, anybody else? Huh? All oh, the sorry lowdown. You know, you know, 
Why? Because you don't know them. That's somebody's mama. That's somebody's dad. That's somebody's child. That's somebody's brother. And they're struggling with sin like you and I struggle with sin. And it says, for us, how do we gently help them back? By carrying the load. By sharing the burden of weight. Who in your life is helping you carry the weight? Who are you helping carry the weight? Accountability is important not so we can tell each other what to do. But so that we can have empathy and compassion and grace and mercy. And we can gently help each other back where God wants us to be. Hey, I want to pray for you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Listen, our band's going to come. They're going to play some music. Nothing funny or weird, I promise. Maybe you're here today and that's you. Maybe, maybe you've been struggling in your own faith journey. Maybe you've been struggling with some kind of sin in your life. Maybe you've made some decisions and made some mistakes and you're here and you're saying, Brandon, well, that's great. All that information is good. But man, if, if y'all knew who I, who I really was and what I really struggled with, if my family really found this out, no way they'd ever let me back. No way they'd ever accept me the way that I am. Except that's exactly how God accepts you. God will, God will meet you right where you are today. And here's the beautiful news about it. He won't leave you where he finds you. He loves you more than you could dream or imagine. He loves you more than you love yourself. And he loves you more than anybody on this earth loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. See, it starts there. It starts with a relationship with Jesus. And it overflows into relationships and community with others. And so here's my hope for you that you would find yourself in that moment right now and the Holy Spirit of God is touching your life and you would simply say Father forgive me God I'm so sorry I've been doing this in my own strength and my own ability God I pray that you would forgive me of my sin from this day forward Jesus I accept you as my Savior and I'm going to follow you as Lord of my life I'm all in Jesus thank you for salvation Father, I thank you for my church today, all those tuning in online. God, I thank you for people, God, who are, who, who are. God, we're all struggling with something. And God, I thank you that we're a part of a community. God, a life-giving, God-honoring, faith community. God, we're in it together. We're linking arms together. I pray, God, that you would surround us, continue to, through small groups and through uh, like programs like Celebrate Recovery and small groups like Celebrate Recovery and 12 Steps and all the other small groups that are part of our church, that we wouldn't see that as just another thing. But, Father, we would be reminded that life change happens in the context of small groups. God, community with one another. So I pray this week that we would find somebody in our sphere of influence to confess to, to pray with, so that we can be healed. And that that would make a difference in our sphere of influence. God, you'll get all the honor and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Can you celebrate Jesus today? Come on, he's worthy.